Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of Asking for a Friend, where we tackle your biggest questions and deep dive into the experiences we're going through in our own lives. Um, full transparency, both Jill and I are super sick, so <laughs> I feel like we've said that for the past three episodes because it's true. It's true. The COVID's got me good oh. and Kaylin's just sick as fuck. But bear with us because we have a good one today. Yeah. One of you guys DM'd us asking for advice on how to be a good manager, especially for first-time managers, but it applies to all managers. Mm-hmm. And Kaylin is our resident people leader. I've actually, I don't think I've ever managed a team before. I'm like a lone wolf in my life. So I mean, I'm excited me. to also... You, you really manage me with the podcast. I forget <laughs> a lot of things. So... <laughs> That's true. I also manage all my different personalities, which is a full-time <laughs> job. So here we are. Um, I'm excited, though, to kind of hear, because Kaylin has a, honestly like a pretty killer track record. She'll be modest, but she's she like managed a massive team at the age of 24 of people. Like Some of them were double her age. She's always been a manager. Thanks, so she has a lot of experience on this. And I certainly have experience with shitty managers versus good managers yeah. and what a difference it makes. I cannot tell you how much my life changes when I have an awful manager, yeah, of which there have been many, and when I've had a good one. And so it really does matter. And I think it comes down to the difference between being a manager versus a leader. And there's very few leaders who like care about their teams out there. So totally, we're going to dive into all of this. People say to like, you don't quit your job, you quit your manager. And I totally yeah. believe that. It's true. Let's kick it off by taking us all back to little baby 24-year-old Kaylin <laughs> who was given a massive team at a media company. How did you deal with like Ugh. the unknowns and the imposter syndromes and everything that comes with being a first-time manager? Yeah, it was scary. I mean, of course, it's inevitable to have those feelings of like, oh shit, can I do this? Can I take this on? So that's totally, totally normal. I will say I had the best team in the world like they were so excited for me and so supportive so that was a plus but I think the biggest thing that I had to remember was I was given this job for a reason and I know that sounds basic mm-hmm. and simple and probably something I wish I had did knowing what I know now is written that down like written down all my yeah. wins we've talked about this before on the podcast like writing down the times that you've absolutely slayed and why you're in the role that you're in is going to help you overcome those feelings but it also like you got to remember not to come in hot. Like just because you were given this new role and you're now the leader of the team, it doesn't mean you need to come in and be like, I am the boss. I'm going to change everything. Like, look at me, humble yourself. And really you got to look at it like you're, you're one big team. Like you are helping to lead the pack, but it is a group effort and letting them know that like, Hey, I'm still on your team. Like this, nothing's going to change. I'm here to support you. I'm here to make you look good. Will allow people to feel at ease and feel better about you stepping into this role especially if you went from like peer to manager because that's got to be hard yeah. like I feel managing friends I mean I've worked with freelancers who have kind of reported into me before yeah. who I feel friendly with and uh that sounded weird friendly <laughs> with, but you know in a normal way friendly yeah. with and I feel like really awkward like 
it's it's hard when they're kind of your friends was that did that come up for you a lot or did it just all smooth out it did I mean like one of my best friends I've been her manager at two companies now shout out Jordana who just had a beautiful baby yay George but no I mean if you are not a douche and you're not an asshole people will respect you it's it's all about respect if you're respectful to your team they're going to respect you back so like I said if you're coming in hot and you're all like trying to be something you're not just because you've been given this title like ego driven rather than what's best for the team you're putting what what, like you're putting like your status and like managing up over managing down to your team and doing what's best for everybody that's not cute And if you're going from peer to manager, you're actually at an advantage because you know all of the gaps on your team. Like, you know what everyone's pain points are. So you can come in and be like, guys, I've done this role. I know what needs to be fixed. So let me take that on. So you're you're at an advantage. I mean, if you're coming in to a net new team, you're also at an advantage because you can kind of set the stage for how you want things to go. Yeah, you have a bit of a clean slate where you can come in and like have a perspective that people that have been there for a while might not have and bring, you know, and there, there might be a bit of built in respect if you're like, oh, I've come from this other company and totally here's what worked there. So basically just don't be an asshole and don't act like anybody in succession and you'll be you'll probably be OK. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but getting specific, do you have any advice for first time managers in terms of like when they enter their new role how should they conduct themselves like how often should you set up touch points and meetings and like how do you integrate yourself into the team yeah so I think the biggest thing to remember is there isn't going to be a one size fits all for everyone on your team so what I like to do when I'm coming into a new team or I'm inheriting new team members I like to sit down with them and ask them three things how often do you want to meet with me do you like to receive feedback publicly? Like when you're, you've done mm-hmm. something great, do you like it publicly? Are you more like quiet one-on-one? And three, what management style works best for you? There are mm-hmm. some people out there who like a lot of check-ins with their manager to make sure that they're like on the right track and they're doing things right. Yeah. If that's what they like, I will do that for them. It's basically like I am at your service and I'll customize Because some people it. don't want to be micromanaged totally. and others are like, I need you to check everything I do because I'm anxious. Yeah. And so that's really crucial to know the difference and be able to cater to that. Yeah. For you. I think it's also good to let them know what your default management style is. Like if you are by default a micromanager and you know that yeah. someone's not going to love that, you can say like, hey, my default is to do a lot of check-ins. If you find it too much, just let me know and I'll back off. I'm very transparent and I'm very like, this is a two-way street. If I'm doing something that you don't love, please tell me just as much as you would want me to tell you if you were doing something wrong. Yeah. Self-awareness, which is key. Most managers don't have that. So that's huge. Major self-awareness. And then I think it's really great when you're starting out to ask what their career goals are and how you can help identify opportunities and let them know it's a safe space. They might, especially if you have more junior employees, if they're in a role that they don't necessarily want to be in for the rest of their lives, that's okay. You can let them know, okay, this is a stepping stone to your next opportunity. Let's have you crush it in your day to day, but let's give you opportunities to get you where you want to be. So knowing what everyone's goals are will help you play up their strengths and you know, when new tasks fall on your team, you can be like, oh, Jill's killer at writing and she loves writing. Let's put her on that project. It's also helpful, too, if you ask them, what do you like the least about your job? Knowing that you probably won't take it off their plate, but at least you know, okay, maybe there's something we need to work on. If it's like running post reports for a campaign, maybe we need to work on like data analytics or something like that or your Excel skills. So these are good chats to have. I love that.
What's the hardest part about being a manager for you overall? Oh, this was true when I first became a manager and this is true now. I think the hardest thing is learning to delegate or knowing what to mm. delegate off my plate. Because yeah. especially when you're moving from an individual contributor to a manager, you're so used to just doing everything and getting it all done. And you might feel like, oh, I, I don't want to have to explain it to them. It's going to take longer to explain it to them. But you are doing such a disservice to your team by not giving them those opportunities. And you're just piling shit up on your plate. Like you're going to burn out. So yeah. yeah, I still struggle with this. Sometimes I need to check in with my managers and my leaders to be like, hey, do you think I could offload this? Or what, what do you think? So you really just got to empower your team by trusting them to do their job. And mm. the best way to do that is in your one-on-ones and checking in with them and being like, hey, what's your workload? Here's what I'm working on. Is there anything that I'm doing you think you would want to take on or be interested in learning? And then they raise their hand and off it goes. That's nice. You're kind of like co-creating their their job with them yeah. as opposed to just like dictating, which is really cool. And a big part of being a manager is understanding like the health of the business and the role that your team plays. So if you're too in the weeds on the day to day, you can't be having those strategic conversations with other managers and other leaders to figure out, okay, mm. where are some gaps that I can help solve with my team? So you really got to learn to let go of some parts. True. And then what's the key? I mean, obviously you want to have an empowered team and you want to have like mutual trust, but what's the key to helping them really grow and thrive as individuals? For me, I've seen the best success when I act like a team player. And there's a term called servant leadership, which is basically you serve your team as a leader. Mm. They don't work for me. I work for them. So as a manager, you really become responsible for your team's failures or successes. And the best way to help them grow is, like I said, having those check-ins, kind of tailoring your management style for what they need, being responsive when they need you. Like I always make sure my team comes first above anybody else. Obviously, if it's like the CEO or maybe my boss, but even still, I, I want to make sure my team feels like if they reach out to me, they will get a response in a timely manner. Yeah. Another big thing is giving credit where it's due. So if someone on your team worked on a project with you, make sure you shout them out and give them the accolades they yeah. deserve. Like I say we a lot. It's very rarely I or like my team. It's us. As an employee, that I can't tell you what a difference that makes because I have worked in environments where I basically was responsible for making the entire thing that we were doing and would never get credit and it was always the leader it's I it's me it was all about the leader and taking credit for everyone's work and it was very disheartening because it's like yeah of course I'm just I'm doing a task that I'm being paid to do and it's transactional but if you want to have passionate engaged employees and people that want to be with you for life then you need to include people in the successes and shout them out and validate them for what they're doing because when I've had leaders who do that I'm like wanting to go the extra mile all the time and it feels so good I have a new client that I work with and more often than not they start meetings being like hey we just want to say how grateful we are for you and like I've been working them for for a while now so it's like past the first few meetings and they're like working with you is changing everything. We're really grateful that we have you on board. We're just so, so happy with how things are going. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. This is rare for me to get this this verbal validation on a regular basis and not for one specific reason, but just in general. And let me tell you, it's making me want to 
jump through fires to make sure everything is good all the time. Well, it goes back to what I was saying about respect. Like they respect you. Yeah. It's on a deeper level. I feel level. it. Yeah. Yeah. Treating people with just respect and love truly at the end of the day yeah. will go so far because as we've said, your network is everything and building 100%. strong relationships is going to, it's so valuable. It's literally a currency. Could not agree more. And just as it's important to give positive feedback and like shout their praises from the rooftop, it's also really important to give constructive feedback, which is really hard. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's yeah. hard. But you're helping your team grow when you're calling out some areas that they can improve on. And again, you can do it in a really respectful way. And this goes back to what I was saying about asking people how they like to receive feedback. If you notice something in a group yeah. setting or someone's done something wrong in a presentation, are they okay if you politely call it out in the room or are they the kind of person who yeah. you know would that would just like shudder their confidence? Do you have like a go-to way that you give constructive feedback? Because that makes me like want to shit myself. I'm so scared of like giving people feedback and it just seems really hard, but I know it can really, really help when done well. So do you, do you like to do it verbally? Do you like to do it written or do you like to like pat it with something that's good and then something that could improve upon like do you have a go-to I do a shit sandwich so something nice something bad and then something nice but I always do it in person or on on zoom like slack email there's no context there's no tone I can't read their face so I can't be like okay it looks like that upset you let's talk about it yeah and that's a good thing too labeling emotions when you see it so when you do deliver the news and you've done your shit sandwich if you see that they're really taken aback by it label it like be like hey you look upset can we talk about it tell me how you're feeling and let them talk and just listen it's also good to like deliver it really calmly yeah yeah it's good to deliver it calmly and it's good to just say what you need to say and stop talking because I used to ramble because I'd feel so awkward and uncomfortable and I feel the silence yeah yeah Yeah. you feel the silence but if you over pad it it's just going to diminish the the feedback and the the constructive Mm. criticism so say the point go silent and just read their emotions and let them kind of take it from there. That's really, really good advice. I've not had to do this that much and it scares me. And now I feel like a bit more equipped to have those conversations when necessary. It's like negotiation tactic. Say less to get more. That Fatini's book. Yes. To quote Fatini. Yeah, that's true. It's 100% true. Because then you're opening it up for them to maybe give a bit of context as to like why the mistake or the room for improvement has been happening and what they can do to improve it rather than just like overloading the conversation having them sit there like shell-shocked and then walk away exactly and that's why it's so important too to do it right away or if you need Mm. to give it like a week or so but don't wait until the performance review performance reviews should never be a surprise ever true so how do you deal with conflict or unhappy employees when they express that they're not pleased with how things are going yeah, I I try to pull them aside and get to the root of what's going on because sometimes it's like something's going on at home or maybe they're not sleeping well or something. There's health issues going on, whatever they're comfortable sharing. But if it is something at work and it's job related, maybe it's something I did, maybe it's something a teammate did, I just like to call it out. I don't like to let things fester. It's weird. I'm yeah. like the queen of festering in my personal life, but at work, yeah. I can't I can't do it cuz it it brings down the team. It brings down morale if yeah. you have a disgruntled employee. So hopefully you've already built that trust with them that they feel safe opening up to you, but really just figure out what's going on. And then if it's conflict between two employees, I'll usually chat with them separately first tell them Mm -hmm. that I'm talking to them both separately first so I can hear both sides of the story and then I will sit down like a therapist and moderate 
between the two if necessary and try to clear the air. And do you wait for them to come to you with the issues before you like sit down and chat? Or if you notice something, do you be like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something I've noticed? I, I go to them. A disengaged employee will bring people down because they've got their work wife that they love that they'll tell stories to. And it's just like a yeah. snowball effect. So you got to. Yeah, it's an ecosystem. I mean, just look no further than selling sunset to I was see just how morale say, it's like Mary affected it's like Mary yeah. and selling sunset yeah. you have to jump in you cannot remove yourself from the situation oh my god yeah Mary did not handle that well and she I felt really not. bad for her but she was not able to handle that but then again like neither does fucking Jason like they that's never true. handle the conflict that's they true they always just let I mean that's what makes good television but I like know. he did pawn it off to her but she is the office manager we should have just done this entire episode through the lens of selling sunset guys okay stay tuned for a part two but we will (laughs) we'll do that in the future we will literally do that in the future don't be like Um, mary do not walk away you gotta weasel your way in and nip it in the butt a hundred percent okay this has been so helpful is there any other advice that you would give us or mary or anyone on selling (laughs) sunset on how to be a better leader i think the biggest thing is like we've all had bad bosses before right and really Mm -hmm, shitty managers mm -hmm. so Just try to be the manager you wish you had. Like take the qualities Mm. they didn't have and what you would have needed in a situation and apply that. And I mean, we're we're making fun of Mary, but it's also important to note that you don't have to be perfect. Like just because you're the manager doesn't mean you have to know all the answers. So yeah, it just just goes back to being respectful and honest and Mm. positive and supportive and all the words that you would want in someone who's leading you. It's like reparenting yourself. It's like oh my when, God, when, yeah. you parent, when you give yourself all the things that, you know, in psychology, like that were missing in your upbringing and then you try to give those to your children. It's like taking the best bits of the people who are great and fixing the worst bits of the worst managers through your actions. I love that. And if you can, find a mentor, like find a manager that you love, whether it's someone you've had mm. or somebody else in your company and ask them for help. Like, again, you don't have to have all the answers. Lean on people who are going where you want to go. Yeah. And a lot of people I know who are really successful and like high achieving leaders have coaches so that they can. Because yes. when you're high up and you're in charge of a lot of people, like you need to bounce shit off of people and you don't necessarily want to like reveal all your insecurities and vulnerabilities to your team. Like there is a limit of like how much you probably want to open up about like not knowing things, you know? And so having a coach or having just a trusted advisor that you can bounce with is probably also necessary once you get to a a certain level. I had a coach for a while and he was incredibly helpful and straight up therapy. Therapy also helps. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. So go to therapy, friends. Yeah, therapize yourself. I love that. Oh, this has been great. Thank you for sharing all of this. Yeah. I um some people really live and love to be managers. I love Other it. people are turned into managers and they have no business managing people because they're terrible <laughs> with people. And those people can absolutely ruin teams and departments. Yeah. Truly. It's it's awful. So hopefully anyone who wants to be a manager gleans something from this. And if you already are one and have room for improvement, then Take this and run and spread your wings. And And I am also happy to answer any questions anyone has. If you're a new manager, happy to help you. Love it. Let us know if you guys have any other questions for us. Slide into the DMs and you can put us in the hot seat in an upcoming episode. See you next time. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. 
you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.